Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is Tiffany Barnes. Tiffany is a colleague of mine in the speaking industry. She she speaks. She also operates a nonprofit organization, uh, which she was instrumental in founding, and she's making a difference to people all over the planet. (laughs) because we have a planetary economy now. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Tiffany. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. Tiffany, your story goes back a ways. And like many of my guests, you've got some powerful experiences that shaped where you are now. And I don't know that we need to go clear back to birth uh, to talk about that story, but when you were a teenager, you became one of the first people, uh, I think the second specifically, in yes. the state of Utah to become emancipated legally as a minor. That happened at the age of 15. And that implies that there were grand adventures that came before that. Right, for sure. So, Tiffany, share with us just a little bit about that story so that we have the context for what you're about to share with us next. Sure. So by the time I was 13 years old, I had endured all forms of abuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the lo- longest forms of abuse that I endured was sexual abuse by my stepfather. My mother is a drug addict and has been a drug addict my entire life, still a drug addict to this day, and just never really took any stock in my life and you know who I was or what I was doing. And One day she came to me and inquired about the relationship that was taking place amongst myself and my stepfather. And, you know, I made up all kinds of excuses and acted like I didn't know what she was talking about because my stepfather for a long period of time, well, the entire time he was abusing me had threatened my life. And this is very common with people that go through abuse their abuser or the perpetrator will threaten them. And so, you know, when you're a 13 year old girl and you have a military police officer, you know, six foot two intimidating man saying, you say anything, I will kill you. And you see some of his violent behaviors against your mom, you believe him. So I kept my mouth shut for a long time until that day my mom came and inquired. And finally I thought maybe this one time she'll protect me. And so I told her what was going on and, the opposite happened. She actually um, confronted my stepfather and he denied everything and gave her a choice and said, you've got to make a choice. It's your daughter or me. And she said, you have until tomorrow to get the bleep out of my house, had a yard sale, sold all my belongings in front of me. And that began my journey to emancipation. Wow. Wow. You've shared this in, in such a brief, concise way, but this is, this is what I hate about abuse, Tiffany. It just, it's so multifaceted and it gets into people's lives in ways that they don't really have the power to change anything until they see that they have the power to change something. 
Sure. You know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, because, you know, when all that took place, I actually became anorexic and suicidal. It wasn't just like, oh, mom kicked me out. I'm just going to go become an emancipated minor. I hit a yeah. very low point. Right. And it wasn't until I reached out to somebody who happened to be a social worker that was working with me and told them, you know, hey, I want to kill myself. I'm just in the worst part of my life and sought out that help. And that's why there's that gap between 13 years old and 15 years old, because it took two years to get myself back on track and actually like who I saw in the mirror and feel like I had a life to live on purpose, as you say, and yeah. uh, decided to not let this defeat me, but really rise above it. This is a very complicated issue. And obviously, as a psychologist, I've encountered abuse okay, sure. through my whole career, and I've seen the effects of abuse. And one of the things that had me reaching out to you, Tiffany, is that you have taken this experience, and from this experience, you've created, well, like your, your nonprofit, for example, SHARE which stands for sharing hope for the abuse through resilience and empowerment. Yes. That's kind of an acronym. Yeah. I love that because the, how many people are still stuck in a place where you've been and you've encountered or you've, you've discovered in this experience ways to, to live on purpose, to not let this define you or determine what direction your life is going to go, but instead to take it and do something beautiful with it. That's what inspires me about your story. Absolutely, thank you. I, I mean, I've had plenty of chances and opportunities, just as anybody, who el anybody else who's been through abuse, to use that past as a crutch. You know, I, I'm not going to finish school because this happened to me or, oh, I'm going to go become a teenager pregnant because this happened to me or they're looking for false validations in, in the wrong places, you know, and I could have very right. easily ended up like my mother on drugs or, you know, high school dropout like my parents, teenager pregnant like them. And I think what it really was, was I didn't want to be anything that they were. And I know that sounds really harsh because they're my parents. But after a lot of counseling and, you know, getting myself right in my head and in my heart, I decided to literally live to be the opposite of everything that they were. And that's really that key point or the chip, if you will, inside of me that's gotten me to where I am today. It's almost your unique brand of rebellion. Yes, it is. For <laughs> sure. Well, and... Tiffany, I think there's something innate inside of the human soul that says there's got to be a better way. And when you saw it, you embraced it, you took it. Talk to me and us a little bit today about what that takes. How do you get there? Especially if listening to this podcast, we're feeling a little stuck where we are. Talk about that process a little, will you? What does it take to get there? So the biggest thing, my favorite word of all time, I always tell people is resilience. And I would say that I have really been a, a resilient person in my life. And the biggest thing that I can tell your listeners is it's the start that stops you and to keep the momentum going. 
So what I mean by that is everything in life that you have to overcome begins with the first step. Mm. So it's the start that stops you, right? It's the start of going out there and accomplishing a goal or seeking professional help or whatever the case may be in all kinds of facets of your life. Take that first step. You know, for me, it was reaching out to that social worker and saying, I'm not in a good place mentally and emotionally and all these things and physically. And to take that first step was hard because I always viewed um, asking for help with a weakness. And I don't know where that was programmed in my brain at a young age, but it was, you don't ask for help. You don't um, say you can't do something. And, and maybe that came from my dad a little bit thinking about it, but to take that step and reach out to that social worker and say, Hey, here's where I'm at. And it's not going to have a good outcome. That first step led into the next step to the next step to the next step, which eventually got me to emancipation. And I've just kept that momentum going because quite frankly, when I was emancipated, I could legitimately check myself in and out of school. I could write my own tardy notes. I didn't have anybody saying, get up, get out of bed, go to school. I went to my own parent teacher conferences. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I just kept that momentum going. And I think a lot of it too is um, once you have that momentum and you see that you've overcome that section of your life, you too can overcome the next section. You just have to be resilient. I love this concept that you've introduced here of, of whatever's next. And it's the start that stops you. I've never heard that before. I've got lights going on for me, Tiffany. (laughs) So cool. It's the start that stops you. Once you take that difficult first step, you're on your way. You've started now and, and you don't have to keep thinking, where do I start? Because you've already started. Yes. That is empowering. Next step is just a baby step. Maybe it's not a giant step. It's just a baby step. It's still moving in the right direction. That's why I say keeping the momentum is huge as well. That way, all you have to focus on is what's next. Yeah. Rather than how am I going to do all of this? stuff that's required to, you know, in your case, to live independently, which sounds really attractive to a lot of teenagers, but there's actually a lot of responsibilities that come with it too. Yeah. It's funny you say that kids would come up to me and say, why do you write your own tardy notes or your own excuse notes? Where are your parents? And I would tell them I lived on my own. They're like, cool. We're having a party at your house tonight. Or, you know, no parental supervision. I'm like, no, we're not. I'm working three jobs still trying to graduate top of my class. And, you know, it wasn't what they thought it was. I didn't have somebody to cook me a meal or make my bed or any of those things. And so you're right. Teenagers saw that and they thought, wow, you have it made. That's so cool. But it was the exact opposite. It was very challenging. Well, you start to realize what you don't have. Right. When you're put in that position. And there's upsides and downsides to everything, obviously the increased freedom, but freedom is not free. It comes at a price of responsibility. And as you've introduced this to us, let's, as we come back from this break, Tiffany, I want to get into uh, some of the intricate details about doing what's next and how that can empower us. 
I also love this idea of resilience. I bet we can make something out of that too. Awesome. Folks, this is Tiffany Barnes today at Live On Purpose Radio, and we will be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Tiffany Barnes today at Live On Purpose Radio. I'm feeling it, Tiffany. The, the empowerment, you know, that you talk about resilience as really the key that we get to focus on because abuse happens. Unfortunately, this is a reality of our world. In fact, you know what? Before we go any further, maybe we should just give a little instruction about what to do with abuse. And I'm going to start, okay? Okay. Don't do it. There we go. <laughs> yes. Step okay. <laughs> well, that's my contribution. But <laughs> Tiffany, you've been on the receiving end of abuse. And you've gained some perspective that I think is so important for people to hear. What should people do about abuse? They're not the abuser, but maybe they become aware of it. Talk about that for a moment. Well, if I may, I want to really quickly talk about what an epidemic it really is. So one in four women, one in six men before the age of 18 suffer some form of abuse. Hmm. So if you think about those staggering statistics, you know someone who's gone through abuse or is going through abuse. And one of the biggest things I encourage people to do is if you see something, say something, report it. You know, I think we're more open with it, with the Me Too movement where people are coming out and sharing their stories of what's happened specifically in that case, uh, sexual abuse. But you know, in the 70s and 80s, this was more something that we swept under the rug, and it still right. can be, you know, in today's world. People say, well, that's not for me to meddle in that family's business, or I don't want to break up that family by reporting them, and, you know, the kids get taken away, or whatever the case may be. But my opinion is, if you know about abuse and you don't say anything, that doesn't make you any better than the abuser themselves because you know it's happening. And I know that's harsh to say, but it's the truth of it. Yeah. You know, if you know what's happening and you don't report it, which by the way, when you report it, you can totally make an anonymous report. It doesn't have to be linked to you if you're afraid of any repercussions on that end, but at least report it to DCFS and let them investigate because that's how a lot of these cases are coming forward. Here's the thing. If you see abuse happen, 
and the child themselves does not admit that it's taking place, and it's a word against word situation, it's really hard to prosecute. And I know that because my sister and I put her father in prison for what he did to us. And a lot of times kids are too afraid to say anything. And if they don't admit what's being said, so maybe also another thing is be a listening ear. If somebody comes to you with their trauma, especially about abuse, listen. Just listen. And then make sure they know they, feel, they can feel safe. Tiffany, I want to reiterate something that you said, because having made reports of abuse myself on multiple occasions, it can be kind of a, a nerve-wracking experience, especially for someone who's not commonly exposed to it, thinking, oh, that's a big responsibility. I don't want to mess up that family, yada, yada, yada. I'm not even sure if it's happening. It's not our job to determine all of the details. Right. You mentioned DCFS. That stands for Division of Child and Family Services here in the state of Utah. Different states have different organizations, all of which have the same responsibility to protect children. It is their responsibility to determine the facts of the case. Yes. Not ours. So Child Protective Services or Division of Family Services or whoever it is in your state or area, you're basically taking off of your shoulders and putting it where the responsibility and the expertise and the experience uh, is there. It's not up to you to determine all the facts of the case. I just thought that might be a helpful little. Yeah, that is true. Yes, that's very true. But it is your responsibility to at least say something to someone if you know about it. If you see something, say something. Tiffany, can I get back to something that came up in the first half? Yes. A conversation today. I love this idea of resilience and how we can be empowered by taking on what's next. And you even said something about baby steps. It could be that what's next is just some simple little thing. Right. An example that came to my mind. Let's say that you're thinking, oh, I know I really need some help. But reaching out to someone still feels overwhelming to you. Then maybe that's not what's next. Maybe what's next is doing a little research online about what your resources are. Do you see how that could be a simple step that would take you one step closer to reaching out? Absolutely. It could be that simple. It's still going to take some courage. I think what you did was courageous. And courageous implies that you feel some fear, okay? Sure. We can't define courage without fear. Right. Um, But it also means that you feel the fear and you do it anyway. If it's the next thing for you, if it's the right thing for you, do it. And it will require some courage. Does that ring true to you? Very much so. Yeah, it was scary to, you know, come forward and say something to my mom and then for her to reject the situation, you know. She's the person that brought me onto this world and and for her to not believe me and choose that man over me was devastating. So then to have that courage to reach out to that social worker and say, hey, I needed help. And then the courage to go and rent an apartment in high school and carry jobs, you know, everything that you do 
certainly takes courage, especially if it's the unknown. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I always say in the uncomfortableness is where we grow. So when you're uncomfortable, you're just, you're growing and it's because it's new. But looking back at where I am today, I can't imagine the life I'd be living had I have not had that courage to step forward and say something. And Tiffany, I know you're not one to toot your own horn a lot, but just to give some perspective about what we're talking about, you're now a professional speaker. You've established a 501c3 nonprofit charity to assist other people who are in this position. Tell us a little bit about where you are right now, what your life is like, what's possible once you do the courageous thing. So one thing I want to say about my nonprofit is it didn't start out as a nonprofit. I started it as a support group in high school for kids that were going abuse, going through abuse like I was. And it was just a group of 10 kids that one of the kids in there, you know, we'd get together and do homework or be a shoulder to cry on or things like that. And it steamrolled into now a national 501c3 nonprofit. And I was fortunate to run the torch in the Olympics because of this nonprofit that I started. And so one of the things I love doing that gives me the most joy, and we kind of talked about this before the call was, I go to schools and I talk about abuse. You know, we talked about the Hope Squad. That's a local thing here in Salt Lake City. Actually, it might be national. I'm not sure. But, you know, I'll go and talk about how we all need to light our flame within. And I use that as an analogy based on I carried the the torch in the Olympic flame. And, you know, sometimes we just have a little spark inside when we want to give up on our lives like I once did. And sometimes it's a roaring, raging fire when you get excited and passionate about something and you find that purpose. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're somewhere in between. But my goal and what I call myself now is a light worker. I help other people find their light in their darkness. So I use a lot of analogies with that. But um, we do a youth empowerment day every year here in Salt Lake City for our youth that are at risk. And it's just a place that they can come together and they can feel safe and we have games and food trucks and, you know, just a place where they can let their guard down for a day and not feel judged or that they're alone. And and that's one of our bigger events that we do. I've also um, taken over the Kindness Revolution, which is a local, actually it's a nationwide nonprofit, but I run the Utah division of it and it's an anti-bullying organization. So those are my two passions I'm working on right now and uh, speaking on those two subjects as well as showing people how to get into the Airbnb industry. Mm-hmm. You're doing life on purpose. Yes. I, I probably don't even have to ask you this, Tiffany, but I think it's worth mentioning because I know that there are groups and um, factions maybe of people who who really believe that if you're abused as a child your life has to be a certain way from then on till eternity and you're shaking your head (laughs) it's not true it's not true it's not true and you are living proof of this can you just speak to those people for a minute to give them some idea of what's possible for them. Your abuse does not define you. 
anybody who meets me for the first time is like, I would have never guessed that's the past that you came from. Cause I don't carry that cross with me every day. Now I'm going to be real with you though. I still have things that I work through, you know, in relationships, romantic relationships, you know, and I've had a lot of counseling and, and things I've had to deal with that because I, I tend to choose maybe not the right partners for me. And so there's something still inside of me that I'm, I'm still working through to make sure that I'm not choosing the wrong partners and, and maybe even in my business relationships with men and things like that. So I don't want to paint a picture that it just goes away at the flip of a switch. It is a continual right. process and journaling is a big thing for me to help me get through anything that does resurface, which is not often, but when it does, just to get it out and release it. Um, but your past is not your future. Every day we have this beautiful thing called life that allows us to change it all around every day we wake up. It's just another opportunity to change where we're at. And that's the gift we're given every single day. Mm. I love that. I love it. We don't have to be held captive. No. By what's happened in the past. In fact, if you're abused, you know, my, my dear friend Elizabeth Smart shared that her mother told her after she was liberated from that horrific abduction that she suffered for nine months, um, her mother told her, this man has stolen nine months of your life. Do not give him another second. Right. And I'm hearing that same energy from you, Tiffany, as you're saying, yeah, okay, whatever it was. And, and it's not that it's just magically gone from your experience. You still get to work through whatever that brings up for you. Sure. But you do it on purpose. And yes. you don't allow it to, to control or define your life. I think that's a beautiful message. Tiffany. Yeah, there's, there's so, sorry to interrupt. I was just yeah. going to say there's so many statistics out there of people – who have gone to the wayward side, I guess you could say, from abuse. Yeah. And I've always tried to live my life to be that, even if it's 0.01% of people who went the opposite way and thrived and survived, which it doesn't have to be that small of a percentage, you know? Right. And then that percentage will grow as people latch on to exactly what you're sharing here, that there's still an opportunity for you to live on purpose. Yes. Tiffany, where can people connect with you or with your, your causes? So sharethemovement.org. Sharethemovement.org. Okay. Yes. And that's, that's, that's where they connect with your nonprofit. Yes. Beautiful. And then if they wanted to um, reach out to me on social media of any kind, just Google or just put in Tiffany Barnes and Salt Lake City, Utah, and you should find me on there. No problem. Tiffany, thank you so much for your contributions today at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor to have you here. Everybody, you've heard it from Tiffany. I hope that that has inspired you as it has inspired me to go out there and take whatever steps are next, to have that courage and to live our lives on purpose. It's time for you now to live on purpose.